Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report on Tuesday, August 16th. Day 15 of Chiefs Training Camp is in the book. So as always, I need to welcome in the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, the man who I think should really consider going with a training camp mustache the way Travis Kelsey does, Pete Sweeney. <laughs> Big Sweeney, it was a rainy day up in St. Joe. Yeah, I actually had a mustache for a little bit right before training camp and then I, I went to get my pre my preseason haircut because I started doing some of the, the TV stuff at this time of year and my my hairdresser refused to let me <laughs> go on TV with a mustache so shout Julia she said this isn't happening and yeah so no no mustache for for, for me I I think the people at 41 KSHB would find it hilarious if you were to show up set with, a, with a mustache. Yeah, I don't know if I'm setting myself up for success uh, on the tube in, the, in that sense. But So it was a rainy day uh, in, in St. Joseph, Missouri on Tuesday. Uh, I think that the biggest thing really from today's practice as we come close to the end of Chiefs training camp, there was no Juju Smith-Schuster at, at practice and Chiefs confirmed after practice today that he's dealing with a sore knee. Not exactly the update you want, right? I mean, it, it, enough enough for the Chiefs to hold him out. And I think if there's any question, you'd want to see them hold him out of the next preseason game, which I, I tend to anticipate at this point. Whenever you're talking about a knee, something that maybe could, could get more serious. And that's certainly a part of the body for a football player you don't want to hear that's injured especially for someone as important for juju smith schuster so we don't have a ton more information right now so i I think at this point we we sort of assume it's minor we didn't see anything that stood out at yesterday's practice but it is a little concerning just just considering how important the player is yeah uh and for a guy who's kind of dealt with injuries over the last couple of years it's not really what you want to hear but sounds like it's not super serious right now i agree with you it's this is a guy that me and you've talked about on these training camp reports. Like I think Juju is going to be the number one wide receiver on this team. So get him healthy. He doesn't need to play again in the preseason as far as I'm concerned. No, I think everyone's in, in agreement. And I mean, if there was anything that you could learn from it today, Justin Watson saw a lot more balls with Juju out of the mix. So I think, I think your five receivers are set. It's whether they keep a six, which we anticipate. And then whether that is, I Jerry's Fountain is a Cornell pal or can Josh Gordon work himself into that, that mix. Yeah. Watson. I know you were championing Justin Watson. I, I think well before uh, a lot of people were in chiefs training camp and, and just talking about the rapport that he was showing with Patrick Mahomes. And now it's like 
we just keep getting sample sizes of this. Like Patrick Mahomes seems to like him. The Chiefs seem to love him. He continues to make plays in training camp. He was the most impactful wide receiver really um, in their preseason game against the Chicago Bears. He's a lock for this roster. Like we, we don't need to pretend that Justin Watson's not making this team. He is a wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs 53-man roster. No, and I think he's one of these players too that that if everyone is fully healthy and, and like let's say you have three or four receivers out there and Watson's one of them, you kind of expect him to get the least attention from the opposing defense. And with Mahomes spreading the ball around, I I, I even think he's a player that had, could have like two or three flash games this year just because uh, again of the lack of attention he might get. I mean, he might be up against a third or fourth defensive back if you know you, you're trying to come up with hypothetical situations. So I, I not only think he's a key player for special teams, but a really interesting player on the Chiefs offense as well. Yeah, I think his role in this offense, and we've talked about how explosive he is, how fast he is, and you know him coming from that Tampa Bay offense, we've really seen them over the last couple of years with Tom Brady where they've just got really deep wide receiver rooms, and they have these guys at the end of those depth charts who are just fast, who are just burners, and they're like just when, when the coverage is on Mike Evans, when it's on Chris Godwin – just put that guy in who can blow past everybody and take the top off the defense. So Tom Brady can find him. And it feels like the chiefs are just getting that in Justin Watson this season. So he continues to be impressive. Yeah. What, what I find interesting and it's like sort of a just parallel storyline, but also perpendicular is that MVS came here and he was known as the deep ball guy in green Bay. And he wants to show that he can really work in the short to intermediate Watson in Tampa. When he did get opportunities on offense was the short to intermediate guy. And he's all excited about, being able to catch some deep balls from Patrick Mahomes. So both of these guys will make the roster and both of them want to show in different ways that they are a receiver who can do a lot of different things. So just a cool storyline there. But again, uh, Watson was only really getting the additional time today because Juju was out. And so you hope that Juju can get back in the mix as soon as possible. So long as he is 100% healthy. And you mentioned MVS and I wanted to talk about him today because Juju was out and he, he did have a really nice catch that everybody was kind of uh, talking about on chief social media today where, you know, the play kind of broke down. Patrick Mahomes just heaved it up and Marquez Valdez Scantling went up and got it. And it was a really nice yeah. play. And I feel like, you know, you, you were kind of championing MVS in OTAs and early off season work. And he's kind of been overshadowed in training camp because Juju and Sky Moore have both looked so impressive, but it's nice to see him trying to finish camp strong at least. Yeah. I hate to break it to everyone on that play, but Patrick Mahomes would have been rocked by Frank Clark <laughs> uh, prior to him tossing it down the field. That's why he was like a little off balance and kind of one of these, you know, as they used to say back in the day, screw it. Uh, Tyreek is down there somewhere. It was that type of play. And MVS did come down with it, but it, it probably would have been ended by by via sack. But good for MVS because there have been some of those drops that you heard about in Green Bay that you saw about in some of those national games. And I feel like in recent practices, he's been hauling more in than than dropping. And so I thought that was a good thing. Yeah. And as we hope that Juju is fine, we know MVS is going to be a starter for this team. So just a good thing to see him finishing camp strong uh, when expectations were pretty high for him. I want to ask you about George Karloftis and, you know, we, we've made a, a, a ton of noise uh, about it. I sent out a clip from the Arrowhead Pride account uh, of you, particularly on yesterday's editor <laughs> show, just you know, raving about George Karloftis. Is he the best pass rusher on this defense? And 
he continued to show out in practice on Tuesday and it's getting harder and harder to ignore the hype around Karloftis as it just seems like he has done a lot of growing so far in Chiefs training camp and continues to be more and more impressive. Yeah, and I try to you know keep telling people this as the Chiefs lean into their youth defensively. Steve Spagnuolo doesn't want to necessarily start rookies right away. Uh, we saw that with Juan Thornhill, and we even saw that Juan Thornhill and being a two- or three-year veteran behind Daniel Sorensen, which was driving us crazy last year. And I think you're seeing it with Carl Loftus. I think right now the starters have been Frank Clark and Mike Dana. You're relying on some of his veterans there with Carl Loftus mixing in. But the thing that, you know, you have to see is Carl Loftus put really good refs on tape. And that'll allow Spags to feel more comfortable about maybe making him a day one starter. He's not unopposed to do it, but he needs to have these younger guys earn it in the preseason, maybe more than than other coaches and that even extended I, I thought was interesting point today and I'll, I'll mention I don't know if you had it down your notes Steve but I, I even saw some of that in the defensive back room when they were going through a drill close to the goal line and it was the base it wasn't McDuffie on the field it was a Jarius Sneed and Rashad Fenton with, with McDuffie coming on the field in what would be the nickel so these rookies even though they're first round picks will have to earn it and I think you need to still see continued progress and continued good tape as the Chiefs host the Commanders on Saturday. And I, I think the biggest thing is while Carl Loftus might not start the regular season as the Chiefs starting defensive end, the way that Spags likes to rotate these guys is, you know, his defensive ends usually aren't playing 95% of the snaps because he likes to rotate right. those guys. And, and we know that they already really like Mike Dana. And then if Karloftis can just be this all the time, and then you talk about the consistency of a veteran of Carlos Dunlap, I mean, if you can run four deep at that edge, that's going to be really huge for this defense. 100%. And and it's a mix, right, at a defensive line. That that was what was strange when, when Carlos Dunlap was saying he liked Kansas City because they were going to play him on all three downs. You know, Kansas City, defensive line-wise, doesn't play anyone in all three, at three, three downs throughout the game. I mean, got, some guys play more than others, but those snar- starter steps are more in, as you were saying, the 70 to 85% range than anywhere near a hundred. And that's by design to keep, keep these guys fresh. So I definitely think you see more of that this year. So, right. Even if it's week one and Karloff isn't, isn't a quote unquote starter, he is certainly making a case for being in the rotation, maybe more than, than other defensive ends and, and defensive linemen. We've talked a lot about Frank Clark, this training camp and skinny Frank and how, how fast he's looking and how explosive he's looking. But it seems like he's continuing to show that as long as he is healthy and he is on the practice field. I know he had the stomach thing last week, but I'm starting to buy into it. Like I am starting to really just be like, man, Frank might have 10 sacks in him this season. Like, it, are, are we being ridiculous and assuming that he can bounce back in such a big way this year? I think I'll put it like this. I think coming into training camp, I, di- I didn't think there was a chance of a, a bounce back season of that caliber for Frank Clark. And now I'm open to hearing the argument for it. It's it's been that drastic and, and that different of a player and, and that different of a, of a person. And and I, I just think back to the 2019 season when Frank Clark was at his best, you know, he was doing his dirty work, being the closer, ending those games. And I just see that he's going to have that endurance again based upon how he looks and how he performs at the ends of end of practices up here. And so, you know, you talk about whatever his sack total it's going to be. You know, and a lot of people are worried about, oh, he, he's, he's skinny at this point. Well, maybe a lot of it, a big chunk of his sacks may come from 
some of those speed rushes at the end of games. And I, I don't think 10 is, is crazy. And, and I feel crazy for saying that. So that's kind of where I am with Frank Clark. So Pete, this is the final thing for me. And really I added it late to the notes from today's practice. And it really had everything to do with his post practice press conference. And that's new chiefs defensive tackle, Danny Shelton, who, if you listen to the press conference, which that is available for you now at the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, if you want to listen to all the press conferences in their entirety from today, if you listen to Danny uh, Shelton, I think don't listen, don't listen with your kids. By the way, Steve, <laughs> I think it's important. To say I that. I cleaned it up a little bit for the podcast okay. network, so it is family friendly now. It it is a little censored, but. Danny Shelton, I think, won a lot of Chiefs fans over today. And I was sitting here listening to his press conference like, yep, he's on the team. This guy, this guy's making the roster. Right. And and uh I I I think he's gonna have a, a role and it might be a big one. You know, he's just a he's just a force. And I, I've watched him at camp these first few days, and you're you're having to see in, in these one-on-one drills or one-on-two drills you're having to have two offensive linemen and you know, two backup offensive linemen to have any chance of blocking this guy and i i don't know if he's necessarily going to be in on a, a lot of passing downs but let's say he is able to make, get in that mix imagine this guy needing to be doubled each and every time to make sure your quarterback is okay and, and leaving chris jones with a clear one-on-one leaving frank clark with a clear one-on-one i just think it's it's an exciting opportunity as you heard steve spagnuolo speak after He's not going to guarantee that Shelton's going to be on this team. But uh, I think from what you sort of heard and you can tell the player is going to be really likable. And I think he'll carve out a role. And then you're, get, you're guessing on the numbers. Like I, I'm going to be putting my projection together soon, my third projection. And when you add a player, you got to figure out who's coming off. And I, I imagine it'll be Saunders and Stallworth. And I'm probably, I'm probably thinking that with Shelton in camp now, maybe Stallworth will be on the outside looking in just because I thought I, I thought Saunders has looked pretty good as well. So uh, an interesting addition to the room. And I, I just wonder in, in a way, based upon my look so far, how he was available. I feel like a lot more other teams should have been interested than just the four that he mentioned uh, in the press conference. And you mentioned it, just a guy that's just his sheer size. Like it's when He's just so massive and he takes up so much space along the interior of that defensive line that he's commanding at least two offensive linemen just just to contain him. Like Chris Jones is going to feast from the interior this season. If Danny Shelton can look how he has so far in practice, like all throughout an it, entire regular season. It, it reminded me when everyone needed to get Kane or Undertaker out of the Royal Rumble. I mean, you needed three <laughs> or four wrestlers to do so. And and Sure, maybe Shelton moves a little bit slower than the average bear, but you're going to need multiple offensive linemen to have attention on him, and that's where I think the other defensive ends and defensive linemen and defensive tackles are going to win. So It's only been a couple of days, but so far he has been impressive, and man, is he a massive human being. But he's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sween. Again, if you want to listen to the press conferences in their entirety, you can do so now on From the Podium, available for you on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget to check out Pete's daily training camp notebooks over at arrowheadpride.com. We will talk to you guys tomorrow for day 16 of Chiefs training camp.